Welcome to this week's edition of the All Saints Lutheran Church podcast. All Saints is a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We are located in Davenport, Iowa. Each week we bring you the digital edition of the weekly sermon. Enjoy! The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and he said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue became indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? How And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he had said this, all of his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing in all the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. At this time, I would have all students come forward, please, with their backpacks. Or without your backpacks, Linnea and Isabella. <laughs> if you forgot your backpack, it's okay. Come forward. And we're going to gather around the baptismal font. Okay? Come on up. Yes, absolutely. You too, Kyle. Come on up. Awesome. I don't care how old you are as a student. You can take all the prayers you can get. All right. Today we are going to celebrate your job as students and ask God's blessings as you start a new school year. We all have jobs, things to do to serve God in the world. This is our called vocation. You have a vocation and one of your vocations, one of the ways you can serve God is to go to school. You are learners, but you are also teachers. Kids have a lot to teach grown-ups about God. You can teach us about faith and love. You are an important part of our church family. Listen to this story from Matthew's book in the Bible. Grown-ups, we are bringing little children to Jesus so that he can hold them and bless them and pray for them. The disciples did not like that. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. All right, hold up your backpacks. Let us pray. Lord God, can you do it? Are they heavy? Sorry. Two hands. Here we go. Lord God, a new school year has begun. Bless these bags and backpacks and those who will use them. Be with these students as they learn and grow this year. Help each of them to discover and develop their gifts and strengths. Whatever our talents help us to do your work when we are kind and caring to others, when we do our very best, when we respect others and ourselves. Thank you for each one of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I would invite any teachers and school leaders and workers in the congregation to please stand up. And you can come forward, please. 
join us up here. Say, there's more of you. <laughs> the school system that teaches children and helps them to live out their vocation requires a lot of people with different gifts. We bless you now as you begin your vocation of helping children. Let us pray. Lord God, we ask your blessing on these women and men who serve you in so many different ways. Thank you for their gifts and their callings to do one of the most important jobs in the world, to help our children grow and learn. We pray that you would give them patience, wisdom, and a sense of humor in the coming year. Use them to show children your love and to guide them as they grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will all of you please stand? We are called to support, encourage, and pray for our students. We are called to be teachers and learners with children, to teach them about God's love and also to learn what children have to teach us. We bless you now as you support these children. Let us pray. Lord God, bless all gathered here today. Especially bless us as we support, protect, and encourage the children among us. May we all be both teachers and learners. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. You may go to back to your seats. And I would encourage you to get out your scripture sheets, please. Your bulletins and turn to the gospel lesson. You know, last week when we gathered here, we talked and, and spoke about what it meant to be a radical follower of Jesus. And, and we, we heard in our, our gospel lesson that that was really what Jesus was calling us to do, is to be a radical follower. And you were challenged to think about what does that mean? What does that mean personally? What does that mean for us as a congregation, as a collective people together? And, and my hope and prayer is that you really did spend some time thinking about that and thinking in ways in which maybe you can step into that and step into that, that calling that God has for each and every one of us to be that radical follower of Jesus. Well, today Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. It's one of his favorite subjects. And he talks about the kingdom of God, but in particular what he talks about today is how all people, how wonderful that we did a blessing of the children in the backpacks because Jesus talks today about how all people, regardless of who you are, have an equal worth and value and your life has equal dignity as much as anybody else's. But Jesus does this with serious risk and in so doing, by, by standing up and, and this little lesson that we have in front of us today, Jesus breaks six, count them, Six cultural rules, one right after another. And I want to go through those because it's really important. It's important because if Jesus in just these few verses breaks six cultural rules to get his point across, we best listen, okay? This is a point he seriously wants us to get. This is a message we better listen to. So the first thing he does is Jesus speaks to a woman, and we have that for us. Um, Jean, if you would jump to, to verse 12 for me. Thank you, ma'am. Um, Jesus speaks to a woman. Now, Jewish men did not speak to women unless they absolutely had to. In Scripture, 
Um, there's a story, if you remember, Jesus is at the well, and he speaks to the Samaritan woman. And even the Samaritan woman says, I can't believe you're talking to me. Jews don't speak to Samaritans. Now, now, to be fair, that is a Samaritan woman. And Jews didn't speak to Samaritans. But if you read further in that same story, it's not the disciples' surprise was that Jesus was speaking to a woman okay, be it Samaritan or not, because that just wasn't the case. And, and, and if, uh, if a Jewish man spoke to a woman, that meant he was engaging her and considering her of equal value and equal status of him. And so that was just something that did not occur. The next thing Jesus does is he calls her over to him. Same verse, same verse, chapter, or verse 12. When Jesus saw her, he calls her over, and he puts her in the geographical center of the synagogue. That's where we're at in this lesson. Jesus is in the synagogue teaching. And so he takes this woman, of all things, of all people, takes a woman and puts her in the geographical center of the synagogue. And by so doing, he makes a visual statement that she has just as much opportunity at the message in the kingdom of God as any man in the room. And that the men in the room do not have a monopoly on the teachings of God. Okay, And she has an equal share in that. The next thing he does is in verse 13, is he lays hands on her and he touches her. Now this is a problem with the holiness code. Okay, men were not supposed to touch women. And part of that was that that holiness code protected men from the uncleanness of women. And the truth is from their sinful seductiveness, because that is why women are here, right? You know, but that was the reality is that they would seduce the men and lead them into sinfulness and lead them astray. And so that's why there were so many rules and codes that the men could not speak to women. They couldn't touch the women because it would be the women and their seductiveness that would lead them astray. And Jesus does this of all places in the synagogue. Okay. The next thing he does is really radical. I mean, extremely radical. And it jumps down and it's in verse 16. In verse 16, he says, And ought not this woman, what's he call her? A daughter of Abraham. I want you to understand how radical this is. In all Jewish literature, this phrase is never used until Jesus uses it in the Gospel of Luke. Any prior Jewish literature, this phrase does not exist. That is how radical. Jesus is making a very clear statement that he is changing the dynamics of the world and the culture and the Jewish culture. And by him calling her a daughter of Abraham. Do you understand that any woman, the only way she could come to God and the only way she could re, re, um, receive salvation was through the man? And so the man would be granted salvation for himself and for his whole family. So for Jesus to call her a daughter of Abraham means that she has an equal share and she is a full-fledged member of the nation of Israel. That is huge. I can't even state how big that is that Jesus would say something like that. The next thing he does is the obvious thing. He heals her when? 
on the Sabbath, right? On the Sabbath, he heals her on a holy day. And in so doing, he demonstrates to, to all the people that are gathered there that God's compassion for people is primary over their worship. Okay, over whatever ritual, whatever worship they're doing, whatever format they got going on that day, they need to set that aside and have compassion for their brothers and sisters. And that is primary and must always, always, always come first. The last thing he does, the last and but not least thing that he does is he challenges that ancient belief that this woman is crippled because of her sinfulness. How does he do that? He challenges them and he says, look, all of you on the Sabbath have gone and you've untied your donkey or your ox and and you've led it to water and that's work. And that then is a sin. If we're going to follow your law, that's a sin. So you all should be hunched over and crippled and probably for many more years than 18 years. In other words, what Jesus says, and he says it very clearly in in our lesson, Satan has bound her. The evilness of this world has bound her. Bad things happen to good people sometimes. It's a broken, lousy world that Satan lives in. And people are crippled for all sorts of reasons. I think about how many churches have closed their doors because they've forgotten that they're calling is to care for their brother and sister in Christ. You see it? Okay, let's, let's step out of that. Let's make it easier, shall we? That's a little unnerving. Let's talk about a business. You see it all the time. And business sprouts up. And they say, you know, we're going to live for our customer. It's all about the customer. Give the customer everything they want. And they, they put in these crazy amount of hours and they live for that customer and they keep giving to the customer, giving to the customer. Pretty soon they have to build more policies and structures for dealing with the customer. And they have more managers and, and they have more policies. And, and pretty soon they're dealing with the paper rather than the people. And they're spending 75 cents on every dollar because of all the paperwork they've gotten themselves crippled up into. And the next thing you know, because they've lost track of their customers and they've lost track of the people and they're so busy looking at paper, they have to close their doors. That's exactly what was going on in the church in Jesus' day. That's why Jesus stands in the middle of the synagogue and he pulls a sister beside him in the geographical center and he calls her a daughter of Abraham and he says, knock it off, people. It's about brothers and sisters is not about your personal preference and how you worship and what you want happening in your church in your synagogue and what you don't it's about living for each other they saw this woman healed after 18 years and any worshiping community ought to given everything up and dropped to their knees in awe of the goodness and the mercy of god but instead the religious leaders stand up and they chastise and they scream you got six days of the week you could come and be healed. Come on, one of them. Knock this off. This is the last time, the last time in Luke's gospel that Jesus goes to the synagogue. He's had it after this. He goes to the synagogue and he extends his hand in love and compassion and trying to redirect the synagogue, the church of their day. The bearer of salvation comes and reaches out. 
and they turn him away. So where does that put us? Well, we better think. And we best ask ourselves some questions about where are you, you know? It's that Mike Stady question. Mike Stady says, always, oh, you got to know the you-ness of the text. Where are you in the story? And he's absolutely right. Where are you in this story? Are you, are you the fool who doesn't have time for Jesus, who prefers your own personal preference in, in how things ought to be done? And so you'd rather cast that instead of putting stake in your brothers and sisters? Are you so caught up in making sure the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed that you miss that the bearer of salvation entered into this room today? Are you the crippled one who is so bent over in pain or sorrow or grief or depression? We've all been there. And if Jesus doesn't take the woman and put her in the middle of the synagogue and heal her, if it isn't for everyone, then that means that sometime it's not for you. That's how radical the grace has to be. It is for everyone. Where are you? Please pray with me. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the podcast from All Saints Lutheran Church in Davenport, Iowa. Please know that you are welcome to visit and worship with us anytime you're in the Quad Cities. You can also find us online at www.allsaintsdavenport.org. We are missionaries proclaiming Christ, and we pray that you have a blessed week surrounded by His love.